By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. It is time for another episode of Does It Hold Up? I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to go back to 2006. And I'm going to get a little bit dressed up. I'm going to get a little fancy, spend a bunch of money because the devil wears Prada. (laughs) Yeah, that's not blue. That's Cerulean. Okay. (laughs) Um, Great movie. Uh, Just first off, just getting that out of the way. This is one of those movies that I didn't really have any hope for when I saw it for the first time. I was just like, I think I caught it on like TV or something somewhere. I didn't even see it when it first came out. I watched it years after. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And put it on and it just slowly drew me in. And I just was like, oh, what happens next? What's going on? Oh, this is kind of funny. And I just couldn't (laughs) turn it off. Yeah, this was one of those movies that I, too, missed when it first came out and uh, was actually shown it, I believe, this past year or so, and I fell in love with it as well. Wait, hold on. You only watched it for the first time, like, a year ago. Yeah. 15 years after it was released. Uh, yeah, I believe it was uh, actually you who made me watch it. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's It's one of my favorite random movies that, like... You know, in 2006, this movie came in 14th place at the domestic box office, raking in about $124 million. So it's no, it's no slouch. Yeah. I mean, it only had a $35 million budget. So, like, that's a pretty good return. But, like, worldwide, it went on to make $330 million. So almost a 10-time return on investment. This was not a slouch of a movie. People saw it. And yet, like... It feels like I no t- one yeah, said it. Yeah, it feels like nobody's it. seen it. Where I'm like... <laughs> Hey guys, have you ever seen Drug Wars Prada? And they're like, oh, I think so. I heard about I've heard it. Heard of it? I might have watched it. Is once, Anne Hathaway maybe. in that one? Yeah. Isn't that Meryl Streep? Yeah. Like everybody knows about the movie, but like nobody can convince me that they've actually ever watched it. So it which just is blows a shame. my mind. Which is a shame now that I've actually watched it. <laughs> no, it's such a good movie. Such a good movie. But we're here to answer the question of yes, it's a good movie, but does it hold up? So let's get into this. Yes. So the first thing I want to kind of, you know, so we'll start by talking about what happens in the movie. So Anne Hathaway plays a girl, Andrea. I love the way Meryl Streep says it in the movie. <laughs> Andrea. Um, well, everything Meryl Streep does. Is I amazing. mean, that's, that's fair. <laughs> so she is an up-and-coming writer, graduated from college, wants to be a journalist, having a hard time finding work. She gets recommended by an agency to be an assistant to Meryl Streep's character, uh, Miranda Priestley, who is editor-in-chief of Runway Magazine. This is like the the top-of-the-line fashion magazine. It's the thing everybody reads when they want to talk about clothes or know anything about clothes. Miranda Priestley is like a goddess in the fashion world in this movie. So she gets a job with her. Well, Anne Hathaway's character is very plain Jane. There's nothing special about her. She doesn't dress nice. She doesn't. She just does her thing. She actively goes against fashion, thinking it's just trivial. There's nothing to do with it. Right. Or so she thought. So she gets this job, and as things go, Miranda's really mean to her. She gets really tough. She has a co-worker, Emily, played by Emily Blunt, who's just also spectacular in this movie. And she just gets drugged through the dirt. 
but she finds a weird fascination with this job and a weird love for it. She really starts getting good at it and kind of going through and Miranda loves her and takes her under her wing and starts grooming her to do great things. And then obviously they have a falling out, bad things happen, stuff changes around her. She realizes that she has been changing this entire time mm -hmm. and not into somebody that she actually likes. She doesn't like herself really anymore. So then we come to a head where she has to decide, do I stick with this job and get somewhere in this fashion world or do I kind of branch out and kind of do whatever I want to go do? So Yeah, that's basically the entire movie. That's the entire movie, but it, it sounds so simple and yet it's so good. Oh, yeah. Um, so, first thing I kind of want to touch upon, because it's it's one of my favorite aspects, is the pacing of the movie, because it's never boring. For a bunch of sitting around talking and not a lot of, like, big things happening, it's a lot of, run and get this dress, run and monologue over here, talk to each other, yet it's never boring. I never find myself going, skip, 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 ooh, let, ooh I like this part. I just get enthralled every time. It keeps me hooked the entire movie. All right, so, like, that's my thoughts on the pacing of this movie. So, like, what do you think? I enjoy the pacing a lot. I honestly think it has some of the best montage moments out there. Uh, but I do have those moments that I want to skip, and it's mostly just because it's cringy, not so much that it, it lulls. Okay, no, I get that. Um... You know, it's, yeah, if you want to skip something because it's cringy, that's, that's cool. I don't think anything's really boring. I mean, there's definitely parts of this movie that I don't think work very well. They yeah. They get a little, like... But it is all paced out so well that it, it just keeps going. It, it doesn't lull for any It doesn't ever make you want to turn it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely not. You're always wondering what's going to happen next, and it keeps... You know, it's it's a really nice roller coaster. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Because Andy hits highs and then drops back down in either her Major personal lows, life or yeah. at work. And then slowly builds up again into whatever and then drops it up and down. And that's kind of what you want from something like this. Oh, yeah. Um, but speaking of Andy's little journey here, mm -hmm. let's talk about the screenplay. Okay. So we kind of talked about the story but let's talk about those beats, what's written on the page that these actors have to do. And then we're going to break it down into the actors. Okay. So, thoughts on the script? The writing in it is wonderful. But it really, it brings you into it. Because if you've ever had to deal with anything in the fashion world, like, I connected with the story a lot. Because why? Because I uh, actually worked at a high-end retailer a while back. And I was just like Andy in the fact that I did not give a hoot about fashion or anything like that, who any of these designers were. So I really identified with Andy and her struggle and that actual want to get better at knowing these brands and things. So this right, story... Like you weren't even in like the actual fashion side of it. No. You were just in the retail side and yet... By the end of that job, you probably were like, I want to wear this better thing. I want to look oh, yeah. like this. I want to wear the, I knew designers and like, I'm sure that's right. Oh, definitely. I knew who Christian Dior was. Like I could point out different types of high-end brands that they talk about in this film. Right, so you kind of had an arc like Andy, but Just in like real Andy, life. Yeah. So this story really played home to me on that front. 
Um, I didn't have a terrible boss, so I don't have that. <laughs> but I... I don't think anybody has a Miranda Priestly boss. I who, hope not. Well, there are people who did, because Miranda Priestly is based on Anna Wintour, mm-hmm. who was the editor-in-chief of Vogue magazine. It's a real person who apparently, fun fact, didn't get invited to the premiere <laughs> because they thought she was going to be mad, so she went to a press screening and came out months later she actually liked the film when she brought her daughter to the screening with her the daughter kept nudging her the whole time this was in a bunch of articles and being like hey hey they got that right about you hey that that totally (laughs) happened hey that's you oh my goodness so like they did her justice but also like made her look bad yeah in the this is also based on a book i think i didn't mention that up top but this is based on a best-selling book turned into a movie um so they kind of had a basis for a story going into this script, but they obviously changed things around. Every, you know, no book ever translates exactly to screen perfectly, so they had yeah, to change things. Yeah, but unfortunately, a lot of books don't make for good movies. So no, and this one worked really well. It did. The, the, the dialogue, all the plot points, pacing, like you said, everything just kind of worked together to make a good movie (laughs) good overall film yeah um so what i really enjoyed in the screenplay was um the the things that people said were so realistic but also like that air of movie only i was gonna say a little bit of ridiculousness yeah where it was like okay i could i say that in real life absolutely have i ever actually said that in real life no but man, would I want to. Oh, yeah. Because some of the snark that comes out of, like, Nigel's mouth, who is played by Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. or even Miranda's mouth is just, they're so sassy and witty. And yet, a lot of times in movie, I'm like, yeah, people don't talk like that. That's not the way this works. That doesn't work for me. This, yet, that, and the other. And yet here, I'm like, no, that's, that's legit. It was so real feeling. Yeah. And every time they put one of those sick burns out there, you're like, ooh. Yeah. That is so good. I wish I could use that in real life. <laughs> and like you said, it's also Andy's rise to where she gets to feels earned and organic. It's yeah. what happens throughout the entire story that keeps you invested and really makes you root for Andy as a character mm-hmm. because the script allows room to breathe and the actors could really take it over and make it real. So, yeah. and then, you know, let's touch upon the actors. So, so we know Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep's in it, Emily Blunt's in it, and Stanley Tucci. Those are like your big four yeah. coming out of this movie. And, you know, I'll touch upon Meryl Streep real quick. But everybody knows Meryl Streep. She's been in 100 things. She's been nominated for like 23 Oscars. She's <laughs> won a bunch of them. She was actually nominated for an Oscar for this role. Really? Is a best leading actress. Leading. Which is super weird because I don't think she was the star of this, but apparently the Oscars thought otherwise. I mean, she was amazing. Yeah, she was. <laughs> um, she actually is my least favorite character really? in this movie. Um, not that that's on Meryl, because I think she did a wonderful job. I think the character was just a really one note, and I think that gave Meryl Streep a lot to work with. Because she got to really just go all in on being this one type of character. This one sassy, mean character. We only get one moment with her where she gets to be a little broken down. It's about 30 seconds, and then boom, she's right back to the way she was. 
And I think that must have been a really fun character for Meryl Streep to play because she got to be. She's usually known for like Sophie's Choice and stuff where mm-hmm. she's more of a broken down person and she's in these real dramatic roles. And here she gets to come in and be, for lack of a better term, a bitch <laughs> and really ham it up in that kind of aspect. And I think she crushed it. Oh, she 100% crushed it. I mean, yeah, she didn't get to be super, like, high emotion, different things. But the fact that she added in that little whisper talk, because that wasn't necessarily how they imagined her to do it. She She based it off working with Clint Eastwood. Really? As a director, that's the way he speaks to actors and the way he speaks to crew. And Meryl Streep had worked with him before. And she said in multiple interviews, that's what she based that voice off of because she feels like that's more powerful than getting loud. Oh, 100%. They, th- that whisper talk is what gets me every time. She doesn't feel the need to be over crazy and loud and obnoxious to be this like domineering boss. She just does that little whisper talk, does a little purse of her lips, and that is it. And that just shows the kind of air that Meryl Streep brought to that character. Oh, yeah. That weight to that character that, yeah, she can be, like, threatening. Absolutely. Without Uh, being threatening. And then we get Stanley Tucci as Nigel, who is basically a a fashion director at uh, the magazine, at Runway Magazine. Mm -hmm. He's Meryl Streep's, like, kind of right-hand man a little bit. He dresses the models when they're doing photo shoots. He tells Meryl what works, what doesn't work, and presents her with things. And Stanley Tucci's one of those actors where I forget he's in things. He puts himself into roles so much that you could point him out in a movie and be like, hey, did you know Stanley Tucci's in this movie? And I'd, that I would forget. Happens Not that he's to bad. Me all the time. It literally happens to me all the time where I will watch a movie that I absolutely adore. And I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God, that's Stanley Tucci. Like, yeah. I completely forgot he was in this movie. I just see that character. He is so good at blending into those roles. And he's so good here because every time I watch, and I've watched this movie a few times, and every time I watch it, as soon as Nigel comes on screen, I go, oh my God, it's Stanley Tucci. As if I've forgotten <laughs> that it was Stanley Tucci the last time. Like, for some reason, I'm always like, did they, is this a different version why is Stanley Tucci in this one? I don't remember <laughs> him because he plays the character so well from the moment he appears on screen and blocks his face so that Anne Hathaway's character can't see him to be like, who's this train wreck of a person? Yeah. And then he goes, do I smell onion bagel? And he makes this little face of like a, a, a fascinated disgust. <laughs> and from that moment on, you're just like, you are God, hooked. he is so good. And every time he shows on screen... You just sit up and you pay a little closer of attention of like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. And how are you going to help not only the main character, but also Meryl? Well, Miranda. Miranda. I always just want two M names. Um, That he's, he's just like this really wholesome character. And I just, I love him in it. And he's so sassy. And he's so good at it. He he comes across like... I didn't know he could play that role, but I'm not surprised that he did. Yeah. And then we have Emily Blunt, which is, this is either her first... I believe it was her first. ...major role in something. Yeah. Like, in a big movie, or it was, like, very early on in her career. I can't remember exactly which one. I want to say it's her first, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know she was auditioning for other movies when the casting director of this movie actually saw her. So I don't know if she had been in anything yet, or if this was her first... 
Uh, I probably could have looked it up, probably should have looked it up, but we're just going to go with it. Um, but I think she she's so perfect in this role too because she adds this, this she plays a character named Emily, which I just think is funny, an Emily playing an Emily. Yeah. Um, but she adds this this hate to that character where you're like, I want to despise her. I don't like her. But then she does these little moments in the background where you're like, oh my god, she's actually not a terrible person. This job has broken her. Honestly, it just added an air of snobbiness to her. And that's what kind of makes you want to be like, oh, I don't like you. But I also can tell it's definitely from the job more so than anything else. Well, it's funny because Emily Blunt, after the movie came out, uh, the director and everybody were talking about, you know, her, her... her debut or her big break and uh a lot of the stuff you see that character do when like she's in the background you'll see her run across camera and like carrying stuff and she's always busy that was all emily blunt that wasn't even in the script emily blunt just decided this character is probably so high strung that she's never not working there's always something that she has to be doing and she adds that little flair to the character and that's all her Oh, yeah. And then it's plain to see in the the part of the movie where she gets really sick and she's still working and she literally has to just say, I love my job, I love my job, I love my job, because it's a very stressful job from, you know, everything that we've seen and knowing how bad um, Miranda is to them that she must really like fashion to put up with everything. And she tries so hard and you can see that in emily's blunt's face like she brings that character to life and i'm actually thinking that if it was somebody else if it was a different actress that role might have not played as well because the nervousness that emily blunt must have had going into like her first big movie almost plays into this neurotic character this nervous neurotic character and that's what works for me Oh, yeah. And if you honestly lose that character, you lose a lot of the film because, you know, Miranda can only do so much because she's not always going to be there. So you needed that other person for Andy to play off of. And so having this very neurotic someone who cares so much about this job that it's written all over her face, all over everything that you just you needed that little bit. Yeah, let's move on to my MVP of the film, because I don't think this movie works at all with a different actress as Andrea or Andy. I think Anne Hathaway is what pulls this entire movie together, in my opinion, is just, she is now, you know, we've seen her in Ella Enchanted and the Princess Diary movies. She can do the plain Jane turned Cinderella kind of idea, but we always saw it on like this little kid's scale, And then she brought it to the adult world. And I think she's the perfect actress for this role. I don't know anyone else who I would rather have it. Well, especially at this time in her career, being that whole idea of being the plain Jane going into uh, becoming more than what she was, that kind of growth was something that she was kind of known for. And so she, she played it perfectly. She was definitely someone that everyone could kind of put their, their, feet in her shoes and they could ride along with this person because they were the every person coming into this crazy world of fashion and she really portrays like the oh look i hate fashion and we watch her slowly morph 
And not because she wants to, but because that's what's asked of her as that character mm-hmm. to change and kind of love fashion. And then we get to really see her breaking point as well of realizing, oh, this is not at all what I want. And Anne Hathaway's performance in those moments sell it so much because I I completely believe that she got swept up in this entire world and, and, and got ahead of herself and it kind of all just bum rushed her and she wasn't ready for it and that's where she breaks. Oh, definitely. You can honestly watch her not realizing how far down the rabbit hole she's gone until it's too late. Until she watches as Miranda literally backstabs her right-hand man for for her own good and being like, well, that's I'm never going to be able to do that. That is not who I am. What have I become? And the way she handles it where it's like she's you can see that the character of Miranda has rubbed off on Andy. And Anne Hathaway portrays that where it's like you see a little hint of that that ruthless aggression in the way she even says she can't be ruthless. Mm-hmm. It's those little subtle things that I think she does so well that bring that character to life, and that's why she's my MVP of this movie. Um, let's get into the next part that I really want to discuss, and it goes along with the second Oscar nomination that this movie got, and that was for the costume department portrayed you know all of it was done by patricia field this was her one and only oscar nomination fun fact about this is a lot of the clothing after initially this movie was having a hard time getting support from people because people in the fashion world knew that the character of miranda was based on a anna a real person Mm -hmm. and so they didn't want to get involved because they didn't want to get the ire of the real person (laughs) anna winter because she could ruin them if she wanted to. So a lot of people were like, no, we don't want to get involved. We don't want to whatever. Eventually, the owner of Vogue and some high-up people at Vogue came and said, no, Anna's fine with it. You guys can be part of it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We, we support this. And so then people started to kind of come out of the woodworks and we'll support you. Not fully, but we'll kind of have you back a little bit. So a lot of the clothing actually ended up being donated for the film like here you could borrow this and then you know whatever (laughs) crazy fact though because of how high-end fashion movie this is even with a good portion of the costuming being donated still a million dollars was spent on clothing oh i don't for this movie alone it's one of the highest costume budgets in the history of film because usually you can get away with you know two hundred thousand This was a million dollars spent even after a good, like, 30 to 40% of the costuming was donated. I mean, imagine there are some gloves that are $1,000 each, and there was outfits that were just so intricate and so many different brands that are just so high-end that every piece of theirs is $1,000 each. Well, what's crazy is usually when that happens and you have to wear a, a designer brand or something... Costume designers, that's your whole job, is to make these $5 gloves look like $1,100 gloves. But Patricia Field went, no, if this is a movie about fashion, about the fashion world... You can't show a knockoff. We're going yeah. <laughs> to do the fashion. And that's what's so interesting to me, because I think that actually highlights the film better. Oh, well, 
completely. They, if they would have skimped out, you not only would have made the product itself, the movie, not as almost high-end as it is, um, but you could have brought on the ire of those actual designers, and so they would have been really pissed off saying, I mean, they no, would under- you made but a they would understand it. They would understand it. I mean, it's a film they would kind of understand. Um, but when your whole film is about fashion it, and about And that's why I wanted to designers. touch on the fashion, is because that's what this whole movie's about. It's about fashion and so, so that to they go in and spend that it. money yeah. and skimp on it it adds that realism to it knowing that Anne Hathaway is walking around in like a couture dress yeah and those Jimmy Choo shoes and Jimmy Choo shoes is like okay clearly the people behind the camera also had a passion for fashion yeah passion for fashion <laughs> and decided to go all in and it's really nice to see that they didn't try to skimp, that they didn't... It adds, like, maybe I'm just watching a documentary at this point <laughs> because the character is based on a real person. The experience is based on a real experience. The fashion's all real. Like, all they did was basically change the name of some so people and it's a documentary. This is a mockumentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but it adds to that and it just, it blows my mind. Yeah, but they put the that... lot of money spent. They put that love and care into something not minute because it was a big part of the film but they put that love and care into that kind of level of detail that you don't normally see in films exactly um so here's a random out of the blue fun fact okay uh emily blunt is related to guess who guess who in the film emily blunt is related to uh, Meryl Streep. Ah, uh, so close, but no. Uh, it's actually Stanley Tucci. Related really? by marriage, um, after this movie, her and Stanley became friends. She introduced him to her family. He's married to Emily Blunt's sister. Emily was one of the bridesmaids. <laughs> they are family. That is crazy. What's even funnier about that to me is... They don't talk in this movie. Ever. Really? After the opening scene of them. So, Nigel's character walks in, and this is just one of those little subtle things that I think is so good about this movie, and I'll touch on it in a second. But he walks in, he does hold the little notebook up to his face to block Andy out, says, who's this? And... Emily Blunt's character, Emily, responds, I can't even deal with that right now. And he walks away. That's the one interaction they have in this entire movie. That's incredible. I didn't even think of that. You didn't. And you want to know why? I think I never noticed it really before. Hmm. Because, one, they play their character so well. Two, the story is written so well. But it makes sense. These characters are running around like crazy being at Miranda's beck and call, when do they have time to just sit and chat? No, you have one right-hand man and one right-hand woman who are basically running Miranda's lives on different ends. You would never really interact. You would never mesh or have to do anything together. And that's a little detail that, that plays so nicely into elevating this movie. Yeah. So let's really get into what doesn't work in this movie. We just went and we gave praise to this movie, which makes everybody go, well, why do I have to keep listening? Well, clearly this movie holds up. But there's a lot of problems I have with this movie as well. Same. A lot. Let's just kind of run through a couple and, and really break it down. But Andy has a boyfriend, Nate, who's a chef. 
And then she's got two friends who I just cannot remember the name of because they're completely forgettable. They're in maybe like five minutes of the whole movie. Who cares? But they're all not good friends. Like, I don't like them as people, especially her boyfriend, Nate. He kind of annoys me and seems a little like clingy clingy. and, and wants to own her and control her at points. And, like, gets frustrated when she won't do what he wants because she's trying to get ahead in her career. And it just really is sort of hard to watch. It, it definitely rubs you the wrong way, especially on point, points where it's like, yeah, this is her job. This is literally what she's supposed to do. So moments where he takes her phone away when Miranda's calling and they all play hot potato with it. It's those little aspects that Earl is just like, really, man? Like, he, he, she had to miss your birthday. Oh, no. You can celebrate on another day. It's called being a grown-up. You also have birthdays every year. Deal with it. If you miss one, it's not the end of the world. You know? So, it was just, just how clingy he was and how much he had to represent that, like, this is how much you're changing. Which is just hard, though, because he's played by Adrian Grenier, who everybody would know is, like, the lead character from the TV show Entourage, who is just a likable person. Like, he... You want to like him. And they do create Nate in a way of... You're like, when you first meet him, you're like, oh, he's he's supporting her, and he tells her she's pretty. But then slowly you watch him change into this little sort of manipulative kind of jerk. Yeah. And I, I don't think it plays well. I don't think we needed that conflict when Andy's getting so much conflict at work. I think, if anything, her starting the conflict with him would have played better. But him being a jerk, especially because at the end, she's quit Runway. She doesn't work for Miranda anymore. She's trying to get a job as an actual journalist. And guess who shows up back in her life and they get back together? Nate. (laughs) You just broke up in movie time, watching the movie. You just broke up like 17 minutes ago. And now all of a sudden you're back together. And in the meantime, she hooks up with another guy? What is happening? Yeah, don't even get me started on that other guy. At oh, least not yet. I know we're we have we have to talk about that guy, but I I think you kind of needed some sort of conflict there. I just I would have preferred it come from Andy rather than the boyfriend being like he's there to represent how much she's changing even in her personal life, how much she's having to set aside for this career. So I think it was kind of necessary, just the way that they did it and they showed it. Was I guess just it's necessary so... because she has to lose stuff in her personal life to show how much this job's going to take from her. But it wasn't because she was pulling away from him. He was pulling away from her because he didn't like the way she was changing. And if you just switch it to be like, hey, you know, are you coming to my birthday? And she just flat out says, no, I have other things to do for work. You know how important that is. I think it plays different and plays better into her character slowly changing because with him, she was trying to make the birthday party on time. She was trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. She gave her friends a bunch of gifts. She showed up to an art gallery for her friend. She does all these things. So clearly in their minds, she shouldn't have been changing enough to want to push her out the door. Yeah. So if you make her the one that pushes them away, it makes more sense. I agree because... It just doesn't play well where it's like she is, she's literally killing herself trying to make everyone happy and it's just not working. And it's like, 
but you can have both things. You can have a successful yeah. career and have a, a relationships. So, so her boyfriend Nate is not a good representation of a, a man in her life. And then we get another character who she meets through the job, who is a journalist that she she knows. I guess she must have read some of his stuff, or you know, and she kind of falls for him a little. And he's also not a great written character, and I have a lot of problems with him. His name is Christian in the movie. I think it's mm-hmm. like Christian Christian Thompson. And he's played by Simon Baker, who I think did a really good job with the role. He, he did he, what he could with what he had. I think he played the idea of a playboy very well, but... Because he comes in and just immediately starts hitting on Andy. He knows she has a boyfriend, and yet he's still like, I can't stop looking at you. Oh, I think we should hang out. Oh, I would love to, quote-unquote, help you with your career if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, want to get in bed with me? Yeah. And I don't like it. I don't think it's necessary for the movie, especially they go to Paris Fashion Week. That's the big event that everybody wants to go to. And they hook up. Yep. In movie time, it's been like five minutes since she broke up with Nate. And now all of a sudden she's hooking up with another guy. And that's just unnecessary conflict we don't need. And it does give us the moment of like, well, I'm writing a piece about how Miranda's not going to be the editor-in-chief at Runway anymore. And Andy goes, oh no, I gotta tell her. And we get this whole thing. But it could have been done in different ways. Yeah. Than just she had to sleep with this guy. I mean, not only that, just how we got there, in the idea that she was drunk, she was denying him. She said no. So they're they're in Paris. They're out on a street late at night after having dinner and drinks together. And she does this little cute spin thing around a lamppost. And as she's coming around, he just grabs her and kisses her, one without her consent. Yeah. She didn't know it was coming and or it doesn't seem like she really wanted it. She immediately says, no, I have a boyfriend, even though they broke up. He kisses her again. She says, no, I still like Nate. Kisses her again. No, I'm drunk. I shouldn't be doing this. Kisses her again. No, I have to blah, blah, blah. Kisses her again. Then she finally says, Oh, I'm out of excuses. And he goes, it's about time, and kisses her again, and then they hook up. That's terrible. It is not romantic in the slightest. It is not a great showing on just men in general showing that idea of consent. It That part is honestly the worst for me. That showing of just, just keep kissing her. Eventually she'll say yes. Yeah. I, mentality that so that why puts do both into people's heads. men in Andy's life just suck? I yeah, th- it felt like this movie did not know how to write straight men. It didn't. Well, the one friend is straight, and yet he yeah. talks like he's gay. Maybe yeah. he just hasn't admitted it yet, or the movie doesn't tell us. But even with uh, Miranda, she goes through a divorce in the movie. Really late into the movie, it's the one time that she actually isn't bossy and bitchy. She's a little broken down because her husband wants a divorce. Even that's written poorly because we don't we don't understand where the divorce came from. We we can assume that it's because she works all the time, but I'm sure he got he knew what he got into when he met her mm-hmm. because it's not her first divorce. She even mentions it's not her first divorce. So like 
he doesn't come across very well with being like, well, I want a divorce because you're a workaholic. Dude, you signed up for this. Yeah. So the movie just doesn't know how to deal with men. And I think we needed a good man in her life besides Stanley Tucci, who's a co-worker, so that she had somebody to confide in. Because one of the things missing for me most in this movie is we never get Andy to break down and talk to someone about what's happening. Yeah, because honestly, even when she does talk to Stanley Tucci's character, it, it he literally plays it off of, like, well, tell me when your life is in shambles, then you deserve a promotion. Like, that's the kind of atmosphere that they brought into that. So they're, they're kind of demonstrating a really poor work-life ethic of, work, like... Yeah, work-life oh, balance guess was what? zero. You're just gonna work all the time. Oh, you're really struggling and you want to break down too bad there's nobody in the movie you can talk to because we didn't know how to write anybody in there yeah so i i just that that whole scene with that character uh christian right christian uh it just it it defined that moment for me it would have been really nice if he was just not wanting to hook up with her he was just a journalist who happened to enjoy her company and had read some of her pieces because she does give him some of the things she wrote because so he can quote unquote help her and if he would have just been a confidant of like hey i like the pieces i can help get you in your career if you ever want to get out of the fashion world and then when she's breaking down after nate breaks up with her she goes to him and says my life's falling apart i don't know and he could kind of be there to talk to her and that's what helps lead her to the idea of maybe i don't but then again, we get into the problem of, well, did the male save her then and guide her? Mm-hmm. But she needed some kind of confidence that they just didn't give her. And it yeah. just hurts the movie. It hurts it. It makes it feel like, as a as a person watching this film, well, I... Just I, internalize. It's yeah, fine. You don't need to talk to anyone. Just figure it out on your own. Yeah. And which is not... And when you explode at the end and decide that you're going to ruin your ruin your entire life and just quit this job out of the blue, that's fine. Yep. It'll all end up well in the end. Of course it'll end up well. Ugh. You'll go get your dream job after this, just like Andy. Oh! So, I, I think that put a lot of unrealistic goals into people's heads. <laughs> Correct. I also think another part that doesn't play well for me is the relationship between Emily and Andy. Because, you know looking at this movie in terms of 2022 is it's all about woman empowerment it's women lifting up women i can't speak to that a lot as as a man but i know you've probably seen it maybe you've experienced it know people who are part of it but it's all about that uplifting stuff of hey girl you can do this to watch these two women just bicker and fight over something that one of them doesn't even really want is absurd why couldn't they just be friends because then we get this weird little moment at the end where Andy calls Emily to say, hey, yeah, so you know how you didn't go to Paris and I did? Well, I can't fit in any of the clothes and I have nowhere to wear them, so why don't you just take them? And it's like, but we never got there. They were never friends, so where did that moment come from? Why couldn't Emily, they start as enemies and slowly kind of help each other out? Then you could have your third act conflict where, oh, I'm going to Paris. Oh, well, we're friends. I thought you were going to help me out. And ooh, now we're conflicted. And then they can reconcile. But they're just mean to each other the whole movie. Honestly, that was one of my major problems with this film is besides Andy's growth, I feel like they kind of did not care about anyone else's growth. The only other person that grows is Nigel because he's going to go off and become a partner at another huge fashion thing 
until at the last minute Miranda takes it away from him so that she won't lose her job. So we see his growth of like, oh, I was this right-hand man and I worked my way up and now I'm going to be the boss and I'm going to have this life-changing... Never oh, mind. Wait, never mind. So they almost just ruined the growth that he was having. Yeah, so they really just kept all the rest of the characters very one note and it just it left us kind of bad taste in my mouth of being like well they don't feel all that three-dimensional anymore no they they really don't because they don't allow the characters to breathe outside of work yeah we don't get any moments of Andy never talks to anybody at work really about her personal life. So as it's breaking down and she's breaking down at work, she has nowhere to go. Stanley Tucci's character, Nigel, at the end, when everything gets taken away, he literally just says, well, Miranda's going to pay me back. And we get one moment of Andy saying, will she? And he goes, I don't know. I have to hope. I have to hope. And it's like, cool, you're back to square one. And we never learned anything about you outside of work. We never learned anything about Emily outside of work. We never learned anything about Miranda outside of work, other than the fact that she has two kids at the age of, like, 60 <laughs> who are teenagers. So that whole thing is a little weird because whose kids are they? Are they this husband's kids or the last husband's kids? And then we find out that she's also going to get a divorce. So we get two pieces of information from her. I get you're focused on the fashion world, but if you want to build an actual world and, and give us backstory, we need something outside of their jobs. Oh, completely. They did have that issue in this movie of showing just a very toxic work environment. Having a boss that is just that horrible to everyone. And just everyone. taking it. And everyone just taking it. And everyone... That would never play anymore. Yeah. You, nobody just goes to work and goes, My boss hates me and yells at me all the time and it's a really toxic work environment and I hate everything about it. But I'm just going to go back to work the next day. No, the whole culture is trying to change of like, hey, if you don't like your job, find a new one or do something to better it. Yeah, they would have called HR in a heartbeat oh, in on a her. heartbeat. Just on how bad. terrible she was. And I get you have power and there are people like that in the real world, but that's not what we want to portray in film, especially when there's no comeuppance. And everybody still wants to kiss her ass the whole time. Yeah. It's not like anybody goes, oh my... They all say it at the beginning. They're all like, oh my god, she's so mean and she does all this. And then they immediately just drop that story arc of like people actually not liking Miranda behind her back. And now it's just all about how she's the best thing to ever touch fashion. Yeah. Where's the line? And it's just that whole atmosphere in the fashion industry, which I know has changed since about, you know, you need to be a two, a size two, I should say. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, it's looked down upon if you eat or all these little tidbits that they put in there that definitely wouldn't fly today. No, definitely not. So there's, there's things wrong with this movie. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of, things wrong as well where i'm not sure what the woman who wrote the book was going through at the time but i really hope she got help yeah. in some way had somebody to talk to because she had a lot of pent up aggression about her job or about something that came out here but not in a good way yeah it's really engaging of a movie it's really interesting and you kind of follow along but when you sit and you actually think about it i would never want to be in that position I would never 
want to be like, hey, I can get ahead in life. I just need to have things thrown at me and talked down to all the time and made to feel like a complete idiot. But maybe one day I'll actually succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's what this movie tells you is internalize everything. Don't talk to anyone. No matter how shitty your job is, just do it. And maybe, maybe one day you'll sleep with a guy who can help you succeed. <laughs> Even though he doesn't actually help her succeed except for like... I said who may. Who oh, may help you true, succeed. True. You know, I'm pretty sure he just wanted a late night Paris booty call. He never was actually going to help because he was going to go off and do his own thing. And I'm not sure how that was going to help Andy. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. So there's a lot of toxic stuff happening in this movie that I wish they would, they could have played around with a little more, not made it as heavy, mm -hmm. not made it as toxic, and kind of played more with friendships and the idea of people can be nice at times. It's not all, I get Miranda being bitchy all the time, but why did every other character have to be? Yeah. And I think if it were made today, they probably would try to add a little bit of that nuance in there, but I... Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So, okay, well, that's all I got. Do you got anything else you want to talk about with Devil Wears Prada? No, I think we'll, we'll go into our final thoughts on it. Okay. So, my final thought is I really enjoy the movie. It's one of those movies that kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't expecting it to be good, fell in love with it. I, I understand its flaws... I understand that there's a lot that I wish would change about it, but I still have a really good time watching it as long as I can kind of ignore those little nagging things in the back of my head. So for me, yeah, it holds up. I think it does enough good and has enough goodwill that even today you can find something. And I know it's only a 16-year-old movie, but that's a long time in the film industry. Things changed quite a bit in that time. But I think this movie is still worth watching, and you can still find a lot of good stuff in it. So, at a very slim margin, this movie holds up. I agree with that completely. I think there is a lot wrong with this movie in those little aspects that you'd want to change. But it is such a fun time watching even today like i said i only just watched it for the first time in the past year or so and i enjoyed the heck out of it when i watched it the first time and i enjoyed it a lot what just watching it now for this episode so to me it holds up yeah it feels like a and it's going to sound really weird cuz that's not at all what it is but one of those like big dumb blockbuster movies that people always tell you well just turn your brain off to watch it like, if you turn your brain off to watch The Devil Wears Prada, it's going to be one heck of a ride, and you're going to love every second of it. Just don't think too hard about it. Yeah. It's... Just don't. <laughs> um, so, that's it, guys. Keep watching movies. Bye.